Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Our portion is about uh, the 12 tribes and divine assignment with Genesis 47, 28 through 50, up to verse 26. With this Torah portion, actually, it, it kind of got me all stirred up because uh, God's timing is amazing and how this new year. Torah portion emphasizes the generational blessings that Jacob gave to his sons. And um, it's important for us to remember because as we start another year, God wants our focus to be on his blessings because they will empower you, provide for you, and sustain all of us on our journey that we call life. And our lives can be tossed to and fro. Our lives can be changed in ways we are not sure that it's going to change because of circumstances. But I really believe God wants us to have great expectation. I believe he wants us to um, just be focused on the things we're supposed to be focused on which is his blessings, his promises. Amen. Amen. In today's study, Jacob gave his blessings upon each of his sons. The blessings were unique to each and every one of them. Um, What he said to them ministered to them. He said it so it would guide them, and it would empower them as they grew from a family of 12 sons into a nation of 12 tribes. And when you think of that, What is it that God is imparting in us? His blessings. He tells us all the time about his blessings and what he will do for us and how how are we going to take those things and empower ourselves to do what we need to do during this new year. Um, God wants us to take this teaching as a, prophetic and encouraging sign into this new year. He wants us to connect with the revelation that we are uniquely called by God and need to pursue and fulfill our unique divine assignment with more inspiration, more motivation than than ever before because this is the last days. And we see it so plainly. We've heard about it for years. We've we've read about it for years in the last days, in the last days. Well, the last days are here. And we can see it if you pay attention to the signs. And he always tells us to look up. Look up at the signs. We just had uh, the planets come together to be like the Christmas star. How many of you saw that? I, I, I got up and, wa- and looked. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was bright. You could see them, you know, close together, and it was making the, you know, the, like the star, the Christmas star, the star of Bethlehem. 
but uh, things change so quickly, and it's so easy for us to miss it. So I just wanted to emphasize, too, that we are unique. There is none like us, and there never will be. God gave each and every one of us a unique and divine assignment. And how many times do we hear that, that when we're born and sent to this world, that he has given us a specific thing that we're supposed to do? And I I honestly believe that. I mean, we each have different characteristics. We each have uh, um, special things that we can do that is so easy for us to do. We do it without even thinking that for somebody else it would take them a lifetime to learn how to do. And sometimes we take that for granted, and, and we shouldn't. This world is getting darker, and sin is abounding, but the spirit of God in us is abounding even more. We just have to be more uh, open. We have to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to, and to that uniqueness that we have. Amen? It's a time of elevated expectations, expectation for miracles, expectations for breakthroughs, expectations for healing, miraculous healings. Why wouldn't we be expecting these things? But sometimes, um, if you remember when you were first saved, we believed everything. We took everything to heart that the Word says. I can remember... um, when I got saved and somebody said, you, you could lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I mean, I laid hands on everybody. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would go to work and even though they weren't Christians. And I remember this one guy, um, I worked at a swimming pool and he hurt his, his wrist. And without even thinking, I, I laid hands on him on his wrist and prayed for him. And his wrist got better. And, and I think sometimes with the, circum, the circumstances or things of this world, we forget to expect what God said to come true. And, and it's, this has really been kind of emotional for me because I'm expecting God to do things that I can't even imagine in my own thinking. But I know that if he did the things that, he, that the Bible says that he did back in the day, I know if he can do that, he can do twice as much. He can do even more than that now because we've had these examples, because we study the word. It's easy for us to study the word. It's easy for us to just believe. It it should be easy for us to believe. I was reading in the book uh, Sparkling Gems by Rick Renner. I love that book, and you can get it online. Um, actually, it's, you can just look it up, and it, it has it on there all the time, about living in the last days. And I'm going to read Second Timothy 1, 5 through 7, so bear with me here. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith, the, le- the learning of your entire personality, personality on, 
on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, a faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am fully persuaded it dwells in you also. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, uh, the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. And when I read that, it's like, Paul, yeah, he's talking to Timothy, but you know, he's speaking to us as well. And like I said, remember when we got saved, we didn't have to worry about stirring up that fire inside of us. We just took God's word for what it said. And it's time for us to do that again. Amen. The world has been spewing out fear and chaos for a whole year. But we are a unique people. That's what the Bible says. We are unique. We are called by God to do some awesome things. My Bible says we would do greater things than Jesus did. Now, if the Bible says that and God says that and he's telling us that, why don't we believe it? It's time for us to believe. We have been called and we have been chosen. Each one of us has a specific and unique to only us divine assignment. Fear is never the answer. Who is the father of fear? We all know that. We hear it all the time. Yet we, li- yet a lot of us live in fear. Fear that our lives are not going the right way. Fear of getting sick or getting this COVID. Fear of, you know, our children not being the way we think they should be or, or not living the lives that we think they should be living. But, uh, Fear is never the answer. Fear brings about blurred thinking. I mean, think about that. Blurred thinking, second guessing, and bad decisions. That's what fear brings. The Bible says we have a sound mind, a mind that is protected, saved, and thinking correctly. A sound mind. That means we think correctly which means we're not going to fall into what the world is telling us how we should think, which it's bombarding us constantly in social media, on TV. You can't even believe the things anymore that we hear on TV. And, and you know what? But he's bombarding our youth. He's bombarding us daily with things that cause chaos and fear. And, and how do we cipher through all that? We cipher through it because back in the day, Timothy said uh, in verse three, Second Timothy three one, it said, "It would be perilous times in the last days." 
And that means things would be difficult, dangerous, and filled with risk. It does not sound familiar. Things that are dangerous, difficult, and filled with risk. And we see that every single day right now. We're at that point. Our world has been turned upside down from what we were used to on our watch. You know, the Bible says that we are the watchmen. And what do watchmen do? <laughs> We're supposed to be the ones that are checking everything out, seeing what's going on, looking past what our natural senses are seeing, and tapping into the supernatural. I like what Pastor Tiz always said. We didn't want God's super to meet with our natural to do something supernatural. Amen. And that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting supernatural like I've never seen supernatural before. I am expecting it. I am asking God to do that. And sometimes all it takes is us asking him to show up. And sometimes we just get in our head and we think, try to think for ourselves how to make things work, how to uh, fix things, and how, but we can't fix it. And I think when we get to the point where we realize we can't fix it on our own, then we need to rely on, on God again, like we did when we first got saved. Because when we first got saved, we believed everything. I got saved. Jesus loves me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm in. <laughs> I am in. And now, you know, life just brings circumstances to bombard our minds, and we forget how to filter those things out. And we need to do that now. We are to stand. We are to exercise faith. We are to listen to the Spirit of God. We are to stay focused on God's instruction and not what we see around us, our natural senses, which is so easy to do. Because, like I said, we're bombarded each and every day with something different. The devil is not lacking any, any uh, type of things to distract us. He is not lacking any distractions at all. But we have to be able to identify him. And I implore each and every one of us to pay attention to those things that are, are coming against us, those things that are making us second-guess, those things that are uh, just making us stop for a minute and go, what just happened? <laughs> we, need to, we need to start doing that more and more and more And we need to be focused on what God tells us to do more than what man is telling us to do. Because man cannot bring us out of this. Man cannot keep us healthy, keep us whole. Man cannot give us the right answers to the things that we seek. Amen? Our divine assignment is is a precious gift. It's something we should cherish. I know Pastor H.B. London, who was a leader at Focus on the Family, said we should treat our unique and divine assignment as holy ground because nobody else has what we have. We need God's wisdom, his favor, his blessings 
to make it all work. We are one body, and sometimes it's easy for us to just be individuals because it's easy to be that way. Our feelings don't get hurt. Uh, We don't have to depend on anybody else. But that's not the way God made us. God made us one body. He chose certain people. He called us out to be unique, to be jointly fit together as one body, to work together, to uh, be successful in um, accomplishing his ultimate plan. We're one body. Every part has to do their part. I know, uh, like our worship team, their part is to usher in the Holy Spirit. But if we're not open or sensitive to the Spirit, they can be up there singing all day. But if we're not opening up our spirit, it won't happen. We have to work together, amen? How many of you guys remember Louis Palau? He's a very famous evangelist. I remember going to lots of his uh, uh, things in Seattle and, uh, and Portland. Um, he said, it's not so much us doing something for God, but rather God doing something through us. God needs us. And we need God. <laughs> but he, he's not going to do things for us to make it easy for us. He wants us to need him. He wants us to realize that we need him, that we have to depend upon him so he can do his work. Amen? Our uniqueness is really for the greater good. Our, our uniqueness is, is what is needed for us to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Amen? The grace, the power, the anointing, each and every one of us has. God has given us that. He's given us grace. We are saved through grace. He probably gives us more grace than we can imagine that he gives us in the things that we do. Uh, he gives us power. Power and a sound mind. He anoints each and every one of us to accomplish the things that he has set in our hearts to do. I know we, have, we all have dreams, but he put those dreams there. Amen? And he is anointing us to accomplish those dreams. Uh, he, wants us to, he wants to help us accomplish our particular mission. God uniquely wired each and every one of us with special strengths and talents. As we manifest these gifts in the body of Christ, we are fulfilling our calling. He wired us. He made us specifically a special way. Some of us are nurturers. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are uh, gatherers. Some of us are... um, Bold in speech. Some of us are quiet, but intercessors. So, you know, we each have a certain things that is unique to us. Uh, I know when I was talking to Scott about this, I mean, I, I would talk about it, and, and, I, and I would tear up because it's like, you know what? 
I have a burning desire to do more than I've ever done before. I know that when I first um, got into the ministry, we started in a children's ministry, and our whole life was just ministering to kids. Why? Because that's our, our next generation. And right now those people are in their 30s and 40s, the ones that we were teaching. And, and it, makes me, it made me think, did we impart everything that we could into their lives? into our children's lives, into the lives, the children's of the parents that depended upon us to do that, you know, and I, and I just was like, did I do enough? Did we do enough? Are we, each and every one of us, doing enough to change the lives of the people next to us, change the lives of our family? Um, are we doing enough to um, change our own lives? Because sometimes we try to do things on our own, and it takes us down the wrong path. And so there's bumps and scrapes and, and um, difficulties, you know, and life is going to have difficulties. But when we, get, when we decide to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, it makes it a whole lot easier to turn that ship around <laughs> And go down the, the way that we know we really should have gone in the first place. Amen. Our life's work contributes to the return of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Uh, we need a greater sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And we all can take a look at how last year was. And if we did not believe in the Holy Spirit, where would we have been? Um, I know a lot of people, like right now, we forgot to call on the Holy Spirit. When things come up in our lives that we don't have an answer for, are we just going to give up? Or are we going to call on God, call on the Holy Spirit? He told us, don't go anywhere. He told his disciples, don't go any place until you receive the Holy Spirit. Well, the same thing is for us right now. Don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Don't, don't try to do anything until you have received the Holy Spirit, until we have opened up our mouths and asked him to come in to help us. Amen? Amen. Because that is who's going to lead us. The Holy Spirit is going to lead us into things that we probably would never think that we could do. Because he knows God's plan. You know, so why wouldn't we want to call on the Holy Spirit <laughs> to help us? Because, but I guess it's just in us sometimes to um, want to do things our way. And we're, and we're bombarded with that. I remember growing up, do things my way. I can do things my way. Well, you know what? No, we can't. <laughs> no, we can't, even though we were taught that growing up, do things your own way, rebel against the system, you know, and we all went through that, but really, the Bible tells us to follow the instruction of the Lord. He tells us not to go anywhere and do anything without the Holy Spirit. In Romans eight fourteen, it says, it's one of the perks or privileges of being a son or daughter of the Most High God, having the ability 
to tap into the Holy Spirit. The great lesson here for all of us is that we must be about our Father's business more than ever before. Repairing a broken world, Takum Olam, and I believe when enough uh, Christians and Jewish people are actively involved in doing just that, repairing a broken world, then uh, the scales of justice will tip and the Father will send the Messiah. When you think about that, it's like, I think sometimes we probably ask ourselves, what is he waiting for? <laughs> Especially when we see everything that's going on in this world, what is he waiting for? But in reality, he's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to tap into the uniqueness that he's given us. He's waiting for us to tap into what he's, all the examples that he's given us. Have we learned anything from the trials of the Israelites? Have, have we learned anything from them? They did their own thing, and it took them 40 years in the, in the wilderness. <laughs> we don't want to be those people. <laughs> we don't want to be like them. We want to we have learned something. So how do we get started? If our, lives, if our lives feel like we're on pause, what should we do? Because right now, the government has put all our lives on pause. And it's up to us to break free from, from all that uh, stale, staleness is what it is. It's staleness. We need to start somewhere, anywhere, where there is a need, there is a call. And there's a call right now for people to hear more and more about Jesus. There's a call right now for us to pull up our bootstraps <laughs> and get busy. Um, be willing to be available. Your availability is more important than your ability sometimes. And it's like, uh, I know Pastor Wanderson goes out street to street reaching and preaching, and uh, Robert in Virginia, and uh, I know they've touched hundreds, thousands of people. And us here in this church, we have given to Israel, we've given to uh, children in Zimbabwe, and we've given to Holocaust survivors. We, we're touching lives, and we're doing so much, but let's not forget the people that are around us. Let's not forget the people here in the United States. Let's not forget the people here in our church. There are people in our church that are hurting, and sometimes we are told to fake it until we make it, and Sometimes you can't. <laughs> and sometimes you need to ask for help. And I know there's a lot of people uh, here in this church that are prayer warriors. And I, I have a team of people that I have that pray for constantly for people uh, with prayer requests that come in all the time. And um, I put a lot of demands on them. 
and I know I do, and I hope they're okay with it, <laughs> because I am expecting things to change. I am expecting people's lives to change, their circumstances to change. And I know uh, when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to see that God is working on your behalf, but uh, it's a lot easier for God to steer our lives when we're moving, when we're believing, when we're, even though it might look like things are not going the way we expect them to go, we need to believe with every ounce of faith, every ounce of blood in our bodies. We need to believe that God's making a difference. God, he will make a difference. There's, um, there's certain things that I know, um, and I'm trying to get through this without getting emotional because I know I was talking and getting emotional about it because I, um, I am thoroughly given over to believing what the Bible says. I will not change, and that's probably one of my unique things. I'm very stubborn when I believe in something, <laughs> and I won't be pushed off of it. I won't be convinced off of it. I am going to stand for what I believe in, and I want us all to be that way, and so it, it's a burden to me, and... Um, I'm trying not to do that <laughs> because uh, there's ways that God is elevating our uh, expectations and leading uh, us to do more of your divine assignment. And I believe my divine, one of my divine assignments, it has changed from teaching children to prayer. And um, I pray constantly for everybody whether I know them or not. And, and I want God to know that I am putting my heart, my soul into the prayers for people. And I want each and every one of us to have that same burden. Amen. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, there's 12 ways to know. Number one, there's a burden on your heart that you can't shake. And I can't shake this. Um, number two, there's a specific person or area of ministry you know needs your help. And you make yourself available to, to help. Number three, certain scriptures you read encourage you to make a move. And sometimes we don't want to make a move. <laughs> but you know what? The scripture is here to nudge us to do more than what we think we can do. Amen. Number four, when you pray, you sense that God is asking you to get more involved. And, and I can tell you right now, sometimes when I pray and I'm thinking God's telling me to get more involved, I'm like, I don't want to get more involved. I, I feel like I'm already involved to my maximum capacity, but um, it's hard not to keep moving. It's hard not to keep doing it, to get more involved and to, to do more things. Um, 
Number five, God uses someone to encourage you to take a step in ministry. And ministry is not necessarily being up here teaching. It's not necessarily being a pastor. It's just being a believer. Being a believer, praying for people, being nice to people, helping somebody. Uh, Sometimes a family that needs help won't say a word, but the Holy Spirit will lead you to that family so you can adopt them. I remember when um, Pastor Scott and I first came to work for the church, and, and, and the church didn't have money to support us. But we came anyway. <laughs> and uh, one of our friends, um, a family that we had been, you know, got saved with and everything, um, they supported us for years so we could be in ministry here at New Beginnings. And that's God. And we should all be like that. Uh, And how many people, how many times do you think, are people really my friends? (laughs) Because, you know, it's like sometimes you move different places and you, you, you leave your friends. But um, your friends will always be there for you. They will support you in everything that you do if they're truly your friends. And uh, sometimes we move away from our friends. But you can tell the ones that are really your friends when uh, if you haven't seen them in 10 years and you get back together with them and all of a sudden it's like you've never left. Those are your friends. They will be, they'll tell you what they feel, whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> and they will uh, be there to support you, whether they believe wholeheartedly in what you're doing or not. Amen. Number six, you feel as if your unique skill sets would help improve things. What do you see that needs improvement? Because <laughs> there's always something that needs improvement. Because everybody doesn't have a certain skill set. So everybody, that's why I said we need to work together. So um, everything, it works the way God intended it to work. We need one another. (laughs) Amen. Number seven, you feel an ongoing uneasiness. You're stuck in a comfort zone. And we all like to be comfortable. (laughs) But sometimes we need to... We need to go past our comfort zone to do what God is calling us to do. He doesn't keep us. um, I don't think he would ever try to keep us in a comfort zone. I think he always wants us to do more. He wants us to stretch ourselves, to depend on him. Because when we're in a comfort zone, we think we can do it ourselves. Amen. Number eight, you find yourselves always saying, why aren't they doing that? (laughs) Why aren't they doing that? Because we don't have anybody to help us do that. (laughs) Amen? Number nine, there's a deep sense you need to grow more spiritually. And I think there's a, it's an ongoing thing, and it's, um, it's something that we'll never get past. There will always be a deep sense that we need to be more spiritual. I I feel that um, today. There's, there's, 
How much more can I read in the word? How much more can I learn from the word? How much more spiritual can I get? I want to be able to walk down the street and hear the Holy Spirit tell me to turn left. (laughs) Or don't go that way. Or, you know, go talk to this person. I remember um, having dreams. But where did those dreams go? I remember having a dream, and I saw this lady's face, and I went to the mall the next day and saw that lady's face, and I thought I knew her. So I went up to her, and hi, hi, and and I could tell by the look on her face, she had no clue to who I was, but but I knew her. I I saw her face, and... um, So I said, okay, I can tell you don't know who I am, but I just want to know if you need prayer. And she just broke down crying because she needed prayer. And But God showed me her face. And when I went out that day to the mall of all places, and here I run into her. That's God. That's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I, I want more of that. I want more dreams. I want more. I want God to give me people's faces that I can minister to. Amen. You see a growing list of, of confirmations and open doors. <laughs> Number 11, you feel drawn to help out a certain area of ministry or a certain leader. Number 12, you sense a nudging and a growing confidence that it's time and it's time for us to want more want more out of our lives want more out of our finances want more out of our children want more out of just what we're doing on our own want more out of our jobs it's time for us to want more of God want more of what uh, he has for us When Jesus gave the great commission in Matthew 28 to go into all the world, he was speaking to every pastor, every church leader, and every believer. And I know we know that. But what keeps us from doing it? What keeps us from doing it? And uh, sometimes we just say, well, I can't do it. I mean, I just just can't talk to other people. (laughs) But that's when we ask the Holy Spirit to come around and help us talk to other people. Me, I can get in people's spaces, and it doesn't bother me that they don't want me there. <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that because I will still do it. <laughs> but, you know, everybody's not like me. <laughs> because, but I think God just made me that way, that, and, um, that I can go up to anybody and talk to them, get in their space and ask if they need prayer or, or anything like that. But um, he's depending on, upon us to do what he's put inside of us to do. His instructions are a rallying cry and a mission statement for each of us. You've been equipped. We've been equipped with unique gifts and talents. Now God wants us to put them into use. Build the kingdom right here in our own church because there's people in this church that don't believe. 
And sometimes we forget that people come to church because they feel obligated to come. Somebody's making them come. But um, when people come to church, I want their lives to change. I want them to feel the Holy Spirit moving in this place so much that they can't move. And I remember I was watching Catherine Kuhlman and um, she could just feel the spirit. And I, I, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. I want to, I want to people when they come in our church that they are, our church is so filled with the anointing of God that whatever they came in with, they get healed immediately. Whatever they came in with, it just falls right off. They have no more burdens, no more yokes. I want our church to be known for a church, to be a church of miracles, a church that is filled with the power and the spirit of God. And not only here in our church, but our community, our homes, and, and around the world, it's, uh, it's, we're, we're living in some of the best are the most challenging days, but we can face it with victory because God has given us a sound mind. That means it's protected, it's safe, and we're thinking the right way. The promises of his word, he's given that to us. Leadership of the Holy Spirit. There's never been a more a more better time for us to operate in faith, not fear, and to believe for a mighty move of God to take place on this earth, but not only take place on this earth, but just take place in our lives. Let's expect God to move in our lives so we can do things that we never thought we could do before. If we have something going on in our bodies, remind God of his promises. I, I always say that um, I'm going to be like the Israel, the Jewish people when they left Egypt. There was not one feeble one among them. And I don't expect my body to break down at all. And, and yes, I've had two hip replacements, but... It didn't stop me. And I know they told me I wouldn't be able to do certain things. I couldn't wear heels anymore or do all that. And I wore them anyway. But it's like, you know what, God? I am expecting you to do what your word says that you would do. And I think we should all have that so built up so much inside of us that we challenge him. He tells us to challenge him, prove him. And so I'm challenging you (laughs) to have God prove himself, prove his word in in your life. Prove his word. If there's somebody in your, your family that is suffering, that is going through something, challenge God to prove to them that he's real. If there's, if you're going through something, and the world is telling you you have a disease or you are, you, there's no cure for whatever you have. Challenge God to make a difference. Challenge God to, to 
do a miracle. My Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I am expecting him to be just that. And I want each and every one of us to expect him to make a difference in our lives. Expect him to do the miracles that he says that he has done or will do on our behalf. I look at the things that he did in this book and I see the miracles that he did. And sometimes we look at the Jewish people and say, how after all these miracles that he did that they still not always believe. But they were human and we're the same way. But how many of us know that he did a miracle in Pastor Tiz's life. We know he did. But we don't expect it in our own lives. And I challenge each and every one of us to what he did for her, he's going to do it for us. He will do it for us. Somebody that we know who needs a healing, he will do it for them. When we pray and believe and don't doubt, but trust in what his word says, then we will have what we, what we pray for. That's what the word says. That's what he says. And I believe in God. And, and I will not be moved off of that faith. I will not be moved. And I am trying to elevate my faith even more to where whatever comes before me, I am not even worried because I know I am going to win. I am going to be the victor in every single situation that comes up in my life because I have God in me. I am God's child. I, I always keep this I am to remind myself of who I am. When we know who we are in God, there's nothing we can't do. He tells us that we are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. COVID is the enemy. We are redeemed from that. We are forgiven. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are a new creation. We're not the same people that we were before. We weren't the, we're not the same people that we were last year. We are a new creation. We are partakers of his divine nature I like to say that the blood of Jesus runs through my veins. What he did for me on the cross, what the seven places he shed his blood, that was for me. He won all that back for me. I am delivered from the powers of darkness. The powers of darkness can't touch me. We all need to walk that way. We need to believe that. We are being led by the Spirit of God. We are kept in safety wherever I go, getting all of my needs met through the Lord, casting all my cares upon him. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I don't have to depend upon myself because I am dependent upon his strength, his might. I am an heir to the blessing of Abraham. I am blessed going in and blessed going out. I am an heir to eternal life. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. I am healed by his stripes. I am exercising my authority over the enemy. I have dominion 
and authority over the enemy. The enemy is any and everything that does not line up with the word of God. If it's not in here, if God doesn't say it, then I don't believe it. I am available to use my authority. I am available to have dominion over my life, over the circumstances in my life. I am above only, and I will never be beneath. I am more than a conqueror. I am establishing God's word here on earth. I am daily overcoming the devil. I will not be moved by what I see. And I won't be moved by what I hear either. I walk by faith and not by sight. I cast down vain imaginations. The things that come in your mind that tells you you can't do something or you hear something, it's bombarding your mind on TV or the news or, or even some of your friends or your family members. Bring all that into captivity <laughs> and, and, and cast it down. I am being transformed by renewing of my mind, and sometimes we need to renew our minds daily. Amen? So I just encourage you all to expect more from God. Expect him to do things in your lives that you never thought he would do for you. Expect miracles. Expect to be a walking miracle. Amen?